Swagoo and Perk, an ESPN podcast led by its namesake host, Marcus Spears, Swagoo and Kendrick Perkins, with new episodes every Tuesday morning. Spears and Perkins will bring listeners the latest NBA and NFL news, as well as a look inside their lives, career journey with can't-miss conversations. That's Swagoo and Perk. Listen wherever you get your podcasts and also available on ESPN's YouTube channel. Welcome back to another Adam Schefter podcast, the Thanksgiving week Adam Schefter podcast. And we will be joined by the outstanding offensive tackle from the Tennessee Titans, Taylor Lewan, who we've come close to bringing on this podcast multiple occasions, but finally we're able to corral him for this holiday week to help preview this Saturday's Ohio State Michigan game in Ann Arbor. And we will head into week 12 with storylines galore starting on Thanksgiving Day with the Bears and Lions with all the speculation about Matt Nagy's future. Look, there was a report this week that he will be fired after this game. I think everybody can agree that Matt Nagy's on thin ice there in Chicago. Nobody would dispute that. The Bears haven't been winning, but they've been good over time. And I don't know that I've ever heard of an owner telling a coach in advance that he's going to be fired before a game. Now, again, maybe the Bears owner, as this report stated, did do that. I don't know that that happened. We will find that after the game. But everybody can agree that Matt Nagy is fighting for his coaching future, which continues on Thanksgiving Day. And after that game, we'll get the Raiders and Cowboys. Cowboys thin with injuries, missing Amari Cooper. CeeDee Lamb is in concussion protocol. They're hoping to have him back but they're a little bit banged up. Zeke Elliott's not fully healthy, and they're playing a Raiders team that has just gone completely south, have just been unable to overcome all the issues that have confronted that team this year on and off the field. It has to have affected the Raiders' performance. They are not playing the same brand of football that they did earlier in the year, but we will get a glimpse of the Raiders on Thanksgiving Day. And then at night, Buffalo at New Orleans, two teams struggling. In fact, Every team playing on Thanksgiving Day is coming off a loss in Week 11. Nobody won Week 11 that's playing on Thanksgiving Day. And Thanksgiving night will be capped by the Bills and Saints, two teams. Again, coming off poor performances. We'll see which one can get back on track. When we begin to look ahead to Sunday, Buccaneers-Colts, that is a matchup. Tampa does a great job shutting down the run. And who's better right now than the past Adam Schefter podcast guest, the man who's leading the NFL in rushing, Jonathan Taylor, who's on right now, just a heater guy is unbelievable to watch him. And it'll be fascinating to see him go up against the Tampa Bay defense. We will talk about the upcoming Tennessee New England matchup with Taylor Lewan as he gets into what makes New England such a tough team. But you'll remember that Mike Rabel was a Patriot linebacker for eight seasons, won three Super Bowls with the Patriots. He's 2-0 against Bill Belichick in Tennessee. And you'll remember the most recent win came in the 2019 wildcard playoff game in Foxborough, which was Tom Brady's last game in New England with the Patriots. We've got the Eagles and Giants. Eagles back on track. Giants are not. We've got the Chargers and Broncos on Sunday in an AFC West battle. And Rams-Packers, very interesting matchup. Rams coming off two successive losses in prime time. Tennessee at home. San Francisco on the road, and now trying to get back on track on the road in Green Bay, which is about a tough a place to win 
these days as there is. But Aaron Rodgers is not healthy. Aaron Jones is banged up. Packers still missing some defensive players. Elton Jenkins, their outstanding young offensive lineman towards ACL. Green Bay is amazing because it's really beaten up and has lost a lot of players to injury. Players slow down to injury. And the Packers just keep rolling, despite the fact that they did lose in Minnesota last week in a game they easily could have won. This should be a tremendous matchup, the Rams and Packers. Vikings 49ers, interesting matchup of two teams fighting for a wild card spot. We get the Browns and Ravens on Sunday night with Baker Mayfield also beat up. You notice there's a trend there also. We're in that point of the season where you get into the dog days of November, right around Thanksgiving, where the season begins to take its toll. And we haven't even gotten to week 17, the bonus game for every team. Can you imagine what that's going to be like as some of these teams come limping to the finish line before week 12 wraps up on Monday night with the Seattle Seahawks in Washington playing the Washington football team. Keep in mind, Russell Wilson is 10-2 and on Monday night football. He missed the Seahawks Monday night football loss to the Saints in week seven this year. All right, but the big game this weekend, Might just be Saturday. Might just be Ohio State at Michigan for a multitude of reasons. And so when we've got Michigan and Ohio State on Saturday and Tennessee at New England on Sunday, we figured we would turn to no other than the three-time Pro Bowl offensive lineman of the Tennessee Titans, a man who also was a two-time Big Ten offensive lineman of the year at Michigan, a man who's got his own podcast, a man who's got his own nicknames, a man who's got his own sprawling spread in Nashville, Tennessee, Taylor Lewan. What, what, what does it say, Dad, on the on the uh, on the uh, caption there? <laughs> the reason why it says Dad when we were do the Zoom meetings during COVID, um, I thought you know everyone knows my name's Taylor. I mean, I might as well just try to put it out there. You know, I'm a dad now. I got five, uh, two kids: beautiful four year old, beautiful sixteen month year old. And I refer to myself as dad of Nashville, even though it's really not taking heat at all. It's never really, it's never really gone off like I've wanted it to. Well, Taylor, that should be our first project today. Dad of Nashville is something that <laughs> now that we've got this national platform to W, the dad of Nashville is appearing on the Adam Schefter podcast to get this done. Yes. I like that. Take the most immature guy on the Tennessee Titans and call him dad. I think that plays perfectly. I love it. If you live in, if you live in Davidson County, I'm your dad. That's it, man. That's how it works. The dad of Nashville. So I got. I got. Sometimes I got some. I got, sometimes I got like forty-five-year-old men yelling, "Dad, Dad!" And you know what? So it might be weird for other people, but I enjoy it. I enjoy every second of it. And it's got no traction, huh? Uh, it's got a little bit. I mean, it's more of a local deal, right? I, I don't need it to be nationwide. You know, I don't need that many kids. But David's County, Nashville, where my little honey hole is, I love it here. That's great. That's nice. I, I got to come yeah. by and see you there sometime. No doubt, man. You got to come out, come check everything out. It's a good spot. You know what? There was a long time where I was trying to convince my wife to move to Nashville. Yeah. Oh, out of New York, huh? At a, I, oh, I would have loved that. Like you got to understand something. I grew up in New York initially, right? Went to Michigan, went to Chicago, graduate school, moved out to Colorado for 16 years. And I just wanted to get my wife. I was thinking, let's move. Let's go to a state where there's no state tax. Let's go to a nice place. That's a little bit like Always Denver, a right? A little mm-hmm. bit like Denver. Um, and so, I was pitching her in Nashville. The problem is I'm married to a woman who is from Long Island, never really left Long Island, families on Long Island. You know how that works, right? That's a, hey, honestly, I, I've only spent a couple of times in New York, loved it to death, but that is the most New York thing I've ever heard in my entire life. But it's so Family's true. Family's there, been there, stay there. I love it. I love it. You know what? I support her now. 
if you guys want a little vacation home, I, I, I've heard you're doing well for yourself. If you want to get a little nice little vacation spot in Nashville, <laughs> I got a plot of land right next to me. We can work it out together. I, I, I'm bringing her down to come see you. I, hey, Will, Bill, we got five dogs tail. I hope you don't mind them taking a crap on your lawn <laughs> or anything like that. No, no doubt. I, I, listen, we got 13 acres out there. We'll get one. We'll be the designated poop spot for your five dogs, which is ridiculous. But I, hey, we'll, we'll cross that bridge later. And we'll have them go and do their thing out there. It'll be a great little time. See, you're the dad of Nashville, and I'm the dog dad of, a, of our country. Dog, they, you've taken a whole nation. I'm just trying to take a little town. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm the, you're I'm taking the, a whole nation. Oh, yeah. I'm the dog dad of the whole country. Like five dogs. The over-arrogance of Michigan people. Am I right? You know what I'm saying? We're just claiming dads, claiming da- dog dads <laughs> of the world at this point. I love it. Let me say this. I am very happy that we finally got this done. We've talked about doing this podcast now for – an awful long time. You're supposed to come on right. It was supposed to be like last spring. Then it was going to be August. Then it got tabled. And then I called up your team and I said, hey, can we get Taylor a couple of weeks from now? Now, I didn't know you were going to lose to Houston on Sunday, right? We're going to, we're going to skip past that. Neither did I. It's okay. We're going to skip past that. But I think, you know what? This should be outstanding timing because it's the week where you're getting ready for the New England Patriots and our school is getting ready to play the Ohio State another big year of of hopes and dreams and how do you feel hopes and dreams adam here's the deal i ran my mouth when uh michigan played michigan state i heard and i said (laughs) i said a bunch of things michigan state is our little brother now i know what you're thinking in 2009 to 2013 when i was there did michigan state donk us yes there's no question and i'm not here to talk about when i was there i'm here to talk about now Michigan's number two defense in the country. I'm not here to talk about Georgia, who's number one. Michigan, Michigan, the boys in blue, are the number two defense in the country. Our offense, yeah, they say we're run heavy. They say we do that, but our our past game's really coming along. Overall, Michigan State is going to get donkeyed at home in East Lansing, whatever that podunk town is. They're going down. Michigan's going home, taking Paul Bunyan, and kindly, I'm not going to say the F word, but Michigan State, you know what I'm saying? Not going to say the F word, but... Michigan State, okay? That uh, people really drove me through the mud. I put my Twitter I put my Twitter down. I knew there was napalm just going off in there. And you know what I learned? Nothing, Adam. Michigan by a billion, buddy. We're taking it home, all right? We've won three in the last 20 years. Who cares? Who cares? New year. The mission is going to play top. They're going to play the best game they've ever played. Yeah, Ohio State's got to play a little down. I get it. They're, they have a lot of talent over there. They're studs. I beat them once. I almost beat him twice, beat him once, but I'm saying Michigan by a billion. I'm calling it now. Again, so you're going back for the repeat that didn't work on Michigan State. You're doubling down on Ohio State, and you want it to be known here that Michigan's I want, to, <laughs> I want it to be known, man. I, you know what? Here's the thing. I, I mean, I feel like you can kind of understand this. When you're removed, I'm now eight years removed from playing at the University of Michigan. When I was there, man, it was like – I hated Michigan State. I hated Notre Dame. I hated Ohio State. And I, I still do. But here's the thing, too, is like my life is now I'm, I have two children. I have a wife. So I've taken this thing on media where I can kind of say whatever I want because it doesn't matter, man. You know what I'm saying? Like win or lose, I hoped I want Michigan to win so bad. And I will put it in Mike Rabel's face for the next year if we win. Don't, I, I might get cut for the way I'll talk to Mike Rabel after Michigan beats Ohio State. But I've I've realized like I could just say whatever because I have no bearing on the game at all, no bearing at all. So I can just be a fan and shout from the rooftops 
And you know what? I'm doubling down. I'm looking like an idiot twice, baby. And I can't wait. Let me tell you something. First of all, do you and Mike Vrabel have a friendly wager on this game at all? Do you do anything for a game like this? You know, when, when Michigan's uh, done as poorly as they have against Ohio State for as long as they have, Vrabel's got a lot of confidence. And, he, you know, I, I think per the NFLPA rule, uh, you can't gamble more than $250. At I've heard that. So, I've heard that. Yep. So I think we might max out the old 250, you know what I'm saying? Get half of that 500. We might max that out, him and I. But, uh, yeah, you know, he's a, he's, a, he's a great coach. He's a good dude. And, um, yeah, he's, very, he's got a lot of pride about Ohio State, but it's one of those prides where they've dominated for so long. It's like he's really not worried about it. I'm, like, nipping at his heels trying to get after him, bug him. He's like, yeah, yeah, whatever, Taylor, move on, you know? So you feel good about the matchup this week? I do. Like, you know, listen. We have, when I was at Michigan, there wasn't a whole lot of like NFL talent. Like, you know, we had a Michael Schofield who was drafted in the third round. We had a young offensive line. A lot of those guys actually had drafted, one of them being Graham Glasgow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Frank Clark was there. We had, we had some good players, some decent players. And Michigan is really starting to get the re- like real wholesome first round talent. Uh, and, and that's awesome to see a guy like Ian Hutchinson, who I am not only friends with, support him he's like a little brother to me i hmm. think he's a stud and i think he's going to be i think he's going to do great things in the nfl because of his work ethic because of what i've heard about him and uh you know i 55 his name's his name's you know i can't get it right now but 55 i heard someone just put him on their uh, top 10 board i think mel kuyper did so i mean we're getting the talent there here's the problem is ohio state's been dominant for so long these five-star number one recruits yeah. out of ohio these top 10 guys in the country are like i'm just gonna go to ohio because I'm going to win a national championship there, or at least compete to win a national champ- championship there. So from a talent standpoint, yeah, they, I mean, the receiving core is unbelievable. Their whole offense as a whole is just, I mean, what they did to Michigan State last week is embarrassing for Michigan State, right? You know, and now I, I'm, as I'm saying that, I got, I got Michigan State fans just tweeting at me, oh, you lost, though, you piece of, you know. But at the same time, like, I mean, Ohio State's got a lot of studs, and we got to play a great game. If we want to win, here I am saying we like I'm playing. I'm playing on Saturday. We got to play a, a great game to uh, to beat Ohio State, but it's possible. It's very possible. You know what? Let me tell you something. Last Saturday, my son, who is a senior at Michigan, and this is the crazy mm-hmm. world we live in because of the pandemic and other issues. He's a senior at Michigan, Taylor. He's never gone to a Michigan Ohio State game, so he's leaving. That's blasphemy. I, I, That's blasphemy. He has no idea, and he's a senior at Michigan, right? So he's going That's back. Wild. He's going to be home for Thanksgiving this week. He's going back Friday. He's got a couple of high school girlfriends coming out to meet him, and he's going to his first Michigan Ohio State game on Saturday. So he's not a huge sports fan, not a huge football fan. But on Saturday, when Ohio State is blowing out Michigan, I'm having lunch with them, and there's a guy that I knew at Michigan walks by our table, and my son is saying, "Oh my God, how are we going to compete with this team?" And the friend walks by and he goes. How are we going to compete with Ohio State? And I said, you don't understand. And I don't get too worked up about it. This is perfect. You want Ohio State to play like this. You want them to yeah. blow them out. You want everyone to think that they're unbeatable. You want I'm them about to, to run think through a wall. that. Right? And so, yes. to me, I'm just telling you, look, Michigan has lost to Ohio State, what is it, 10 years running, however many years. So, they're eight or nine point underdogs at home. Nobody's giving them a chance. I'm giving them a chance. I think I like they're going to win the game. I think they're going to win the game. Let me show you something. You watch this. You had me sitting back in my chair, like, and now I'm up in my chair. You see that? You see? I and I'm going to give you more reasons. I'm that's the kind of more that's the kind of motivation. I want to hear it. I want to hear it. Okay. First of all, I was down at the program. I spent a Friday there in October. It was right before mm-hmm. they played Rutgers, 
and I got to visit with a bunch of the coaches. They were talking about Ohio State back then. They were talking about that game then. It was the day before a game. And in the NFL, if I came and visited you in Tennessee and I said, hey, what about the game you're playing in, in January 1st against, I'm making this up, and, and you were playing New England the next day, it would be blasphemous to bring up another game other than the game you have right there. But they, it would be ridiculous. You're right. They would be all fired up. And the things they said that stay with it, it just stayed with me. I remember seeing some people that night around Ann Arbor and everyone always asks, oh, can we beat Ohio State this year? And I've been saying for weeks, I believe that Michigan is going to beat Ohio State. Now, you may hear this on Saturday and I may get laughed at. I may get scoffed at. I may be in your school the way you were after Michigan State came back and beat Michigan earlier in the year. People mock. I got it. That's fine. I believe Michigan's going to have a chance to win this game on Saturday because it's time, because it's at home, because Ohio State, as great as it is, I just think it's due. I haven't given you a great football reason yet, have I? Mm-hmm. I know no, they're loaded. I also think this. I just think that these people at Michigan, it's time for them to experience that my son has never been a part of something like this. I saw the Blake Corum video on earlier this week giving out all those turkeys. I'm a big believer in karma to the needy people in Detroit with his NIL money. And I said, I'm just telling you, Taylor, I don't know how they beat them. Ohio State's a better team. They got blue chip players everywhere. They're loaded. I got it. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Watch. Here we come. Hey, everything you just said, I couldn't agree more with, right? Like, I, I, I couldn't go, yeah, but we are, we're 100% on the same page. Corum giving out turkeys equals dub. That's what, I'll, that's what I got out of that conversation. I love that. I love it. Yeah. I'm- I love it. The, the karma's real, and it's coming, baby. It's coming. Ohio State, yes. Are they a better football team? Are, are they a more talented football team? The answer is yes. Can't get around it. Can't get around that, but my, we're going to win. My senior year, 1989, Michigan won the Rose Bowl that year. And then in what was the greatest sporting thrill of my lifetime still to this day, in our senior year, Taylor, right before the NCAA tournament starts, Michigan – Loses Bill Frieder. He goes and takes the Arizona State job and mm-hmm. leaves them on the heels of the NCAA tournament. And Michigan appoints Steve Fisher. And my friends and I watched the first round of the tournament and they win. And we're like, we're going to the next round. I was in Lexington, Kentucky. And they played North Carolina on Friday night and Virginia on Sunday. And it was still to this day, one of the greatest weekends of my life. And then when they went, and it shows you how much sports have changed the athletic department was selling tickets to the final four. So my friends and I went and bought a bunch and we scalped tickets to pay for our trip to Seattle, went to the final yeah. four game and they won in our senior year, three weeks before graduation, the national championship of basketball. So one of my college buddies, and I'll give him a shout out here by name because he's a loyal, faithful listener of the podcast, David Simon. Hello, Moan. David Simon shout listens David. to the podcast. You say hello to David. And he said to me this week, and he's right. His son is a sophomore there. My son is a senior there. We want our sons to have the types of memories that Michigan helped make for us on a regular basis. And I just think that the school is due for that. I think that it's time for that. I think it's coming this Saturday. And I think you are going to look like a prophet. I had, you, know, you know John, you know John Spytek, the Buccaneers front office? He, he played at Michigan with Brady. Uh, he now works in the Buccaneers front office. I saw him in Tampa for the Monday night game. I told him this. So he's like, oh, we're going to lose. We're going to get blown. I go, would you calm down? Michigan's winning the game. You got to go. He, I went through the same spiel with him that I went with you, but a little bit more passionate. Mm-hmm. I went, man, 
you just gave me hope. So we get back to your statement of hope. It's about hope. Yeah. I have hope for Saturday. I have sincere hope for Saturday. Now, look, the game may start Ohio State touchdown, touchdown out of the gate. And I said to myself, what was I thinking? That that can yeah. happen. But I have great hopes going to this game. That, and that's the best thing, man. You can say whatever you want. That's what I'm getting at with my thing. <laughs> we could say all this. And we could be wrong. Guess what? Still go to bed that night. So wake up the next morning where it's all good. It's all good. I really do believe. Yeah. I do believe we have a chance. Not only do I believe a chance, I believe in the karma you just said, but I love what you said about the your kids, your buddies' kids having the opportunity to make the memories that Michigan gave to you. And I think it's beautiful. I beat Michigan one time. Or sorry, I beat Mid Ohio State one time. It was the greatest night ever. We got after it like you wouldn't believe that night. The boys are out there, Brown Jug, America, uh, Rick's American Cafe. Oh, yeah. Getting after it, having a good time. Oh, it was unbelievable. It was a gr- I, I couldn't pay rent that next month. It was so much fun. Nothing. It was awesome. Nothing lasts forever, Taylor. Yeah, nothing, nothing lasts forever. Ohio State's reign's not going to last forever, as great as they are. And this is not mm-hmm. meant as a shot. They've got blue chip players all across the board, guys that are going to be playing with you in the NFL. They're great. It's just one day in Ann Arbor. It's one afternoon, one Saturday afternoon. Time to go get it. Sounds like a miracle. It sounds like the, the miracle speech. Nine times out of 10, you're not going to beat those guys. This, this is your time. I love it. I absolutely love it. And I want to say something too. Harbaugh, now I, I have a podcast in mind. I don't want to, I don't want to play my own podcast, but it's called Bustin' with the Boys. If people want to listen to it, it's outstanding. No, no, go ahead. No, hold on. You, you're at the rush it in. Say it slowly. The, the dad of Nashville's <laughs> got his own podcast. What it's right? called, it's called, it's called Bustin' with the Boys. And before these, these Nashville uh, people get mad at me, I only do it in the off season. I only do it. My buddy, Will Compton, right now is holding the reins. He's doing an amazing job. We had this old bus that used to go to NASCARs. We, we gutted it out turned it into a little studio and it's, it's done very well for us. We, we really enjoy doing it. We have a lot of people on there. It's really just locker room talk. We have, uh, we have country artists, we have rappers, we have football players. Uh, we have people, all sorts of people. It's a great time. Go check it out. But on that podcast, uh, I believe Dave Portnoy asked me, he's like, do you think they should fire Harbaugh? Now this is in the, uh, the off season. And I, you know what I did? I said, yes, I did say yes. And I, I know, you I know, dude. Because what? Because here it is again. I can say whatever I want. It doesn't matter. And I was like, I don't think he's done a good job. I d- and here I am on your show nationally retracting that statement. Why? Because you got to know when you're wrong. You got to know when you're wrong. Harbaugh's done an outstanding job this year. He's taking this team. He's made him relevant again. We're going to keep the train rolling. I'm a Harbaugh guy through and through. I'm a Harbaugh guy through and through. <laughs> I'm glad you've come around. Let me tell you something. I've been asked. So many times during the dark days, should they fire Jim? Should they fire Jim? Who should they? And I never, never once have wavered. I've always said he's the right guy for the job. And I, and let me tell you something, there was a lot of patience. But as I always said, who did you want to go get that was going to be better for that school than him? Who cared more about that program than him? Who brought that type of intensity? I mean, to me, it made no sense. So I, I stood, I never backed down from that. And again, I, I hope he rewards it, rewards us for yeah. it. This You're Saturday. a better man than me. You're a better man than me for sticking to your guns for song. I wavered and am I embarrassed for it? And there's no question. And I should have known too, because when Rich Rodriguez was at Michigan, I was in his first recruiting class. All I heard the entire time was we got, we need Harbaugh. We need Harbaugh. Rich Rodriguez did not get a he did not yeah. get a good night's sleep in Michigan the entire time. Guy had a never never had a fair shake. Harbaugh, I don't know where he was at. Um, 
I think he was at Stanford at the time, or he was at the 49ers. And then we got Brady Hoke, great guy. He looks he's very identical, looking like Fred Flintstone. He's got an amazing wife, an amazing family. He made pizza every Friday for the boys, and that was awesome. But the whole time he was there, there's murmuring, there's chatter, there's whispers. We want hardball. We want hardball. You know, even as a player, you hear that stuff. Now we got him. Did I waver? Am I wrong for it? No question. Am I jumping that ship to this new ship with you again? Yes. We're back. We are back, baby. And I can't wait. No. It's, how fun is it going to be when they win God. Saturday? How fun is it going to oh, be, Taylor? It's going to be. Can you imagine what that's going to be, be like? For we'll be on the plane headed headed to Foxborough. We'll be in the plane, and he'll be <laughs> sitting up in first class, and my ass will be in the back of the bus, sitting in the middle seat, probably. I'm going to scoop my ass up there and sit with him the rest of the flight. I might even be standing when we land, talking trash. Well, there, and, and he's going to pay you two fifty, right? A whole two hundred and fifty dollars per the NFL NFLPA NFL rules. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Adam today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Adam. Wait, hold on. Did Matt Nagy just get fired? Hold on here a second. Hold on. I love this. I love being a part of this. Uh, hold on. I don't love that he's getting fired. I don't, I don't know the guy, but I love that the news is is while we're on a podcast right now. Well, no, there, there was a story about him getting fired and, and he's been told already, but then somebody texted me like, okay, hold on. And then, oh, we, we just got a new... And we just got a contract. Hold on, Taylor. I, I hate to do this to you. Hold on no, hey, I, I hope you don't cut any of this out. I love everything that's going on right now. I love it. Okay. So basically, you know, there was a story that from Chicago, which may or may not be, we don't know, but you're not just going to report something when you don't know it to be true. It's a weird story in the sense that they've already told Matt Nagy that he's being fired after the game. I've never heard of a coach being told before a game he's being fired. And then like, oh, now, could it be that, look, you get a calls, you get calls a lot of times that things are happening. You say that can't be, and they do turn out to be true. So right. I don't know, but I don't know it to be true. So we don't know it to be true, but it's out there. And once it's out there, people just assume it to be true. So it's just out. So everyone now thinks Matt Nagy's getting fired after the game, and he might, and he might mm-hmm. not. I don't know. Right. All that. And let me ask you a question. How does it work for you? You, first, first of all, of all the people in my phone context, no one ever answers a phone faster or answers a text faster than you. It's unbelievable. It's, it's one of the most impressive things I've ever seen. I wish I could be like that. How do you differentiate what's real and what's not when you might get a source and it's, a, it's false? Like, do you have to wait on that for a second? Because a lot of the game is, how fast can I pump this puppy out? Yeah, right. I had 140 characters to kind of get this thing out before so-and-so does. You, so how do you get it out before somebody else gets it out that we might not want them to get it out? You got to be the guy to get the stuff out, right? Well, you know, listen, the job is being accurate and being first and all those things like that. And so it basically kind of, 
I regretfully say this, takes over your life a little bit yeah. to where you are always on guard, at attention, waiting for something to happen. You never know. Now, there are certain times on Monday morning, you know, there are injury updates or a coach could be fired. There are certain times that are more prime times than others, but I just think it's it's the kind of thing you have to have to live. And you're always an alert. And I've done it now for 31 years, since 1990. And so you, you've, thank you. And you, you get to learn over time who is reliable and who's not, who you can trust and who you can't. Um, you know when you can go with something, if it's coming from an owner, a GM, a head coach, whatever. Okay, well, that, that's usually a pretty reliable thing. But you'd be amazed, and you'll understand this. There are times that, I mean, there are plenty of times that you know things, players know things about their own team that reporters don't. Of course, that's the majority of the case. But there are times when reporters know things that many people in your own organization don't know. Yeah, I believe, that, I believe that's true. I absolutely believe that's true. That's a, that's a wild gig, man. It's, it's, I'm sure it was a lot easier in the nineties pumping out this information. Maybe it wasn't easier, but it might've not been as of a demanding of time for you. Cause now things happen in 10 seconds. You get information, you got to tweet it out as opposed to one of the, sorry, my dog is just running rampant. Look at this. Little oh, so you got a dog too. One dog. Oh, we got, we got two dogs. Two. That okay, thing's a wild three behind me. Back there. You're three behind me. Three behind, and I'm, you know what? And if I'm lucky, I'll stay three behind you. I'm good with two. I got one who's the best dog in the world, and this one over here, good dog, but losing it, just losing it. See something outside. How old? Uh, that's that dog's like seven months old. You got her as a puppy. Good dog. Wow. But but psycho. You know what I'm saying? There's a there's a yin and yang to that one. There's the other one's pretty awesome. There she goes. But so the '90s, how, like how that's got to have changed how much you're you have to put into the to the job like your job has evolved probably more than anybody else's job at this point yeah well you know what's interesting about it i appreciate you asking and even being aware of how a job evolves and changes and i remember being a newspaper writer for the denver post in the mid to late 1990s and considering leaving the paper uh to cover a national beat a national football beat and i was thinking boy do i want to live my life on call because that's what yeah. it really turns into. And I was hesitant to do it at that point in time. But as you begin to do it, like I said, it becomes just what you do and it becomes a lifestyle choice. I think anybody that cares about what they do, that's dedicated to what they do, has to live their job, whether it's playing offensive tackle, whether it's coaching a football team, whether it's working in finance or science or medicine or whatever it may be, law, to be. I think really effective at, it. I think you have to kind of live in that job. Am I wrong about that? No, I don't think you're wrong at all. It's tough. And I think that's a good, that's a good point is whatever you decide to do. That's where the, the, the big uh, difference is in people, how successful people are going to be. Cause a lot of people think oh, I'll just go to school and become a lawyer. Well, you can become a lawyer and not be good at your job and not be successful. Same thing goes for, for a football player. A lot of people like to think, Oh, you're in the NFL. So life's just, life's just good. Well, the reality is last year in October, I tore my ACL and I've been so solely focused on that so much. I haven't been able to see my kids very much. I've hardly seen my wife because it consumes you because you want to be great. You want to do the best you can. And even on normal off seasons, when you're not dealing with an injury, there's always something in the back of your head saying you need to do X, Y, and Z. If you want to be successful this upcoming season, you're not trying to get caught by anybody. You're trying to stay where you want to be, stay on top. You know what that is? It's called being a pro. 
It's yeah. called being conscientious. It's called, that's what it is. That's what that's yeah. about. Right. I agree. I agree. Yeah. There's a, there's a phrase only the paranoid survive. And I think you got to be a little paranoid, right? If you want to stay at the top, if you want to be going where you want to go. You brought up your podcast and all the guests you've had on. By the way, I've, I've never been on the podcast before. So, well, you know, I, you're a busy guy. And I feel like, you know, well, I have to stop a podcast every five seconds because you're getting the best news in the NFL network or the NFL <laughs> world. It'd be tough. It'd be a tough cut. No, you, you're obviously more than welcome anytime. You bring your wife down to Nashville. We'll get we'll get the acre for your five dogs to poop all over, and then we'll we'll pop you on the bus. We got it all planned out. But let me ask you this: of all the guests that you've had on, who was one guest that you've had that said something or made an appearance that stayed with you? Somebody that you thought, man, that was a great appearance. Well, the first one that comes to mind was um, was Vrabel came on when we first started, which is I think says so much about him because you know you 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 want your players to be focused on their main job, which is playing, playing football. But you know, people don't realize guys have investments everywhere, whether it's commercial real estate and the stocks, diversifying their portfolio. However, and I just decided to do it with, a, with something that was more out in the open. And a lot of people misconstrue that as I'm not focused sometimes. Well, Vrabel is one of our first guests and it's 2019. It's like July of 19. We're outside. It's sweaty and muggy and he comes on. And uh, Will was on the team that the year before and he wasn't. So there was some banter back and forth, but Will asked him a question, and it was, uh, "What would you do for a Super Bowl?" And Rabel said, basically, like, "I'll do anything, you know, whatever." And it was either me or, or uh, Will asked him, "Hey, would you, you know, would you cut your piece off? Would you, would you go to a Ken doll? You know what I'm saying?" And Rabel um, kind of, he genuinely, you know, he cares so much because he's sitting there and he actually thinks about it for a moment, like he's like, "Oh." that's an option to do that. It's all I have to do to win a serval. And he goes, been married for 23 years, got two kids. Yeah, I'd do that. And that thing just blasted off into the atmosphere. And really, it really put us on the map from a podcast standpoint. But uh, I, I, yeah, I think that's the first one that really comes to mind because it was so cool because it's your head coach and he's coming on with a guy that was on the team the year before, not on the team anymore. And they have a great relationship, Will and, and Mike. And uh, I just loved how that whole thing played out. You know, I heard a lot about that. I didn't realize it originated on your podcast. Yeah. Hey, only the breakingest stories you can get. I'm messing <laughs> with the boys. You know, we're coming after your job, baby. No, it was, uh, it was a cool deal. We've had, a, we've had a lot of good guys in there. Jalen Ramsey being another one. He When he was with Jacksonville alluded to the fact that he doesn't really want to be there anymore. And, you know, he, these are the teams he played for. And yes, he played for the Titans. And so it's been a fun ride for sure. You know, you bring up Jalen Ramsey. And I guess I could laugh at this now. But a few years back, the Browns general manager said the week that they fired Hugh Jackson, we're going to bring in the best candidate here, whether it's a man mm-hmm. or a woman. Mm-hmm. And we're going to hire the best head coaching candidate. So I called up the Browns people doing the search. And I said, you mentioned a woman. Mm-hmm. Who do you want to talk to? And they said, Condoleezza Rice. And I said, can I report that? And they said, let, us, let me think about that. So they called yeah. me back and they said, yeah, you know what? Yes, you, you can say that we want to talk to Condoleezza Rice. I said, okay, great. So the person who cleared it, who was on the search, calls me back on Saturday. He said, you're bringing up Condoleezza Rice tomorrow, right? Yep, I'm doing that. Okay, great. It's going to be really interesting to see the reaction. Well, yeah. mention it in the morning. The reaction is... Oof, visceral people yeah. in the Browns wanted to interview a woman. 
And they released a statement that they'd never talked about Condoleezza Rice. Yeah. Okay. Which was unbelievable. It happened on the same day that I also reported the Jacksonville Jaguars were thinking about trading Jalen Ramsey. And 30 minutes later, they released a statement saying, we have not considered trading Jalen Ramsey, who six months later was traded. Just dragging you, dragging you to the mud. The worst thing that could happen is somebody denying something you say. Like, it's embarrassing, right? right? This And I've had it happen maybe twice in my 13 years at ESPN. And it was both on the same morning, about 30 minutes apart, over two stories. One that came from the team itself. The other in which the player was actually traded a little while later. But they never thought about it. So when you get in those situations and you know these people are lying through their teeth, Oh why don't you God. just why don't you just screenshot it and be like, hey, actually, think think, or is that just ruin relationships up? Uh, well, right I, you know, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna embarrass somebody, but I'd like to think, why would I put out something that didn't come from the people themselves? Like, what people think I'm just gonna make this? Like, what where do they think it comes from? So right. you know, it, it, it's kind of been like a story that's been out there. People joke, oh, kind of remember when Adam reported that. The Browns wanted to interview. Con- well, yeah, that, that's exactly what they told me multiple times that week. That's exactly <laughs> that's what awesome. they told me. That's awesome. I, I listen. A little bit of chaos is good for everybody. Uh, it's tough you had to go through that, but that's that's a funny story. Oh, that, that that's that's a true story. Now, are you willing to make a prediction? By the way, <laughs> you know, if if, if 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 we could beat Ohio State on Saturday, I want you to know I might be willing. I'd think about. Yeah, and I'm not going to be willing to cut off my piece, even though I have two kids of my own. Everything. I'm not going to go the Vrabel route. Yeah, I'm not yeah, going to yeah. do that. I'm, I'm not going to do that. But I do. Wanna, are you willing to make a prediction on Sunday's game in Foxborough? Can you? Would you be willing to talk trash about like the Patriots that we did Michigan State? That you wouldn't do, right? Oh, I'll tell you what, Chef. That that's a perfect way for me to get my ass chewed on <laughs> when I walk into this meeting in about a half an hour. Let me tell you about. Let me tell you about the Patriots. They have one of the best coaching staffs in the entire NFL. Their deep no, I'm gonna, this is true though. Their defense since playing the Browns, they the Browns scored in the first quarter seven points. Since then, they've outscored their opponents 70 to zero. All right, their defense is playing on fire. Their edge rushers are unbelievable. Matt Judon's having a hell of a year, 10 and a half sacks. Uh, Dante Hightower took a year off last year, and it shows because he looks fresh and he's dominating cats in the middle. Like their, their secondary is playing unreal. We have a huge challenge ahead of us. And then don't oh, don't forget. Belichick's found his new Tom Brady, as everyone wants to say, because this this Matt kid is crushing it. Like he's doing he's doing a great job. Their offense is motoring. They have a, they have a similar style of us. They run, they play action, they pass, they scream. Um, they're a great football team, and I think anybody in anybody in the Patriots organization or Patriots fans should be outrageously impressed with the ownership, with the people upstairs, with Bill Belichick, because. You know, you lose a guy like Tom Brady, you would some organizations, I would assume, I don't really know because I, I play left tackle, from, from an outsider as a fan watching, you would think that would take years to recoup a team with like to the status that they're able to get in just a year's time. So there's no trash talk of anything. It's let's elevate them to the highest degree because they're studs, all of them. I'm a big, I'm, I'm a fan of those guys. I'm a fan of how they operate. It's pretty unbelievable. Your, your last trip to Foxborough was pretty memorable. It was Tom Brady's last game. You pick him off, pick six, right? There at the end of the right. game, you win the game, playoff game, right? Logan Ryan. Good experiences in, in Foxborough. And I found out how hard Dante Hightower hits in that game. It was a, overall, it was a, it was a, it was a fun game because 
playoff football is the most fun form of football um, aside from high school football. That's always been the, the most fun, the best, but that game, those, those banners up there, that man, Tom Brady, the greatest football player of all time, uh, obviously a Michigan man who, who can deny it. And to, to play them and to come out with a win was, was really special. And especially, especially for a guy like Rabel who played there, who played with Brady, you know, I know him and, I know him and Mike have a great relationship, so I'm sure that was very cool and a unique standpoint for for Mike as well. Who hits the hardest? You mentioned Hightower. Is there one guy that hits you like you feel it, and you there's one guy you don't. There's dudes that when you when you're in the the meeting room with the O line, everyone's like, "All right, boys, like this dude, this dude lays some wood for sure." Hightower, obviously, the, the man's got a, a cement head. But another guy too, uh, Cunningham from Houston Texans. I'm gonna tell you, Zach Cunningham. The thing, Zach Cunningham. The thing about him too is he's not a big cat. Like very lanky, arms go everywhere, and you'll kind of come right at him, and he'll finesse you. He'll go in, he'll up and under you, and stuff like that when you're going to the second level. And then there's another time you're like, all right, well, I'm not gonna let him finesse me this time. So you start chattering your feet a little bit, and that sucker will just bink you right on the chin, man. He is he does a good job of setting up off its line, and he's got himself a nice little graveyard in his backyard. Wow. How about that? I would not have thought of Zach Cunningham as one of the hardest hitters in the oh, NFL. Yeah. I mean, I, I think if you were to ask more offensive linemen in the AFC South, they'd be like, oh, yeah, that guy brings it. Wow. That tough, huh? That t- well, I, yeah, that, he that. definitely lays it. And I think he does an amazing job of setting it up, too. It's not just, oh, I'm going to hit you every single time because those guys are, the easy, are easier to go against because you know, okay, I just got to bring it when I go to this guy. Zach is, has the athleticism and the, the running ability to go around you from the outside or the inside. And then once you, once you start to think, okay, I just got to, you know, make sure I get a hand on him and we're good. He'll run right through you and make the tackle with, with you also, you know, as him and you're in your back, his back pocket. By the way, remember how I mentioned to you that Michigan's getting Ohio state at the right time in my mind, which yes. if there's ever a great time to get off the Patriots. You're getting the Patriots are getting you at the wrong time. Losing a game like that against the Houston Texans. Oh, you guys are gonna be salty this week. Salty. Yeah, that's that. That was that was a tough. I mean, like I think I said it in the in the in the press conference after the game. It's just bad ball. We played we played bad ball. We um we didn't take care of the football. We you know it started raining. We we had to do and you know the thing is too is Braves has done such a great job of instilling us knowing the rules and using it to our advantage. And um, ball security has always been a huge thing with him and uh, this team. And so we definitely have a work cut out. I mean, win or lose. It's about it's about getting past it and moving on to the next week. So these weeks comes fast in the NFL. Well, we have a big date Saturday, and if our team manages to prevail, you can think Adam told me that was going to happen. I want you to think that. That'll be a tweet for sure. That'll be okay. a tweet. Absolutely. And if we lose, which is expected, then okay. Well, I, I took my swing and it didn't work out, right? Right. Life goes on, right? Because we can say whatever we've already we've already established it. We can say whatever we want. Life keeps moving. But I appreciate you coming on here today and saying whatever you want, Dad of Nashville. And I look forward <laughs> to future conversations. I enjoyed it tremendously. I don't know that I'll enjoy it as much as I went on Saturday, but I enjoyed it an awful lot. I really did. I had a great time as well, and I think you and I are both on the same page. This was great, but a win on Saturday would be even better. Taylor. Lots of luck in Foxborough. Thank you for the time today. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family and appreciate you. Yeah, thanks. Same to you, man. Have a good day. Well, Taylor Luan was worth the wait. My producer, Christina Buswell, and I have, like I said to Taylor, or tried to arrange to have him on. A couple of times he had to cancel. A couple of things came up. This time it was booked in advance. This time he was on. 
And I think Christina would agree. He was everything that we hoped. And then some, what a great guy, very enlightening, very free flowing and very free spirit. He doesn't care what he says. <laughs> he wanted Jim Harbaugh out. I mean, that's <laughs> to speak of the head coach at your school. You want him out. That's crazy. Although he did retract it here in this particular statement. And now we get ready to go into the Thanksgiving holiday. To me, this might be my favorite day of the year, right? It's family, it's food, it's football. You got those three things. You really don't need very much else in life. And it's a day where I have to work in the morning for ESPN, do some appearances on Get Up Sports Center, whatever it may be. But then it'll be time to sit down with family. It'll be time to eat all that food. It'll be time to watch all that football. Very thankful for my producer, Christina Buswell. I'm very thankful for all the listeners of this podcast who've tuned in on a weekly basis. I'm very thankful for the friends in my life who provide support and edits like David Simon on this podcast, the people who regularly tune in and provide feedback. Thankful for all the people at ESPN who make our work possible. I was thinking that this week. I know I'm kind of branching off here, winding in areas that I might not have expected, but when we do that Monday night countdown show, when we do the Sunday countdown show, there are so many people in studio that are hooking up your wires, making sure the shots are framed, giving you sheets, just taking care, making sure that the shows run smoothly. There are so many people behind the scenes, and I am really thankful for all of them, for all they do to make ESPN the successful place that it is and to make our jobs that much easier. So I want to thank them. I want to thank my family. I want to thank my friends. I want to thank Christina Buswell. I want to thank you, the listener. I hope everybody out there has a tremendous Thanksgiving, a happy and healthy one. And until next week, be well and stay safe.